Tom Dupree Show. Joining us are host Tom Dupree, Missy Clifton, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay, this is an artist. You know, I'm always learning new things. I heard this song the other day somewhere. I don't know where it was, and I was really struck with it. And so I learned about this artist, and she's originally from somewhere in New Jersey. She's like 45 years old. Her name's Nicole Atkins. And she's had an interesting musical development. And she has listened to a lot of the same people I have over the years. She's 22 years younger than me. And of course, like everybody else, she now lives in Nashville. Good Lord. But the point is... There's a lot of interesting musical influences going on there. And then she talks about the very thing that a lot of artists feel, which is they feel like they're different and they're never in the cool crowd. And that's what causes them to be artists. (laughs) It's like a way to get it out. Or, I don't know, it's... That's why I'm in recovery. No, I just, you know, I don't know. What, what exactly are you recovering from? Yeah, you sometimes. Well, <laughs> that can't always be yeah. a bad thing. But anyway. All right. Somebody's got to keep you in line. Yeah. Let me read this Hebrews 12. So I'm taking a break from the Psalms, at least this week. So this is the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's uh, Hebrews 12, uh, the first two verses. So, uh, you know, we're, gosh, I mean, I don't know. I'm still trying to recover from a lot of recent developments, but, uh, you know, one of them is our political scene. Let me tell you, there's nothing that wakes me up in the middle of the night more than feeling like we're in this Groundhog Day thing. And it's like the mold that pops up out of the ground and and somebody hits it with a mallet. And I feel like, you know, we're going to be right back at the same place, uh, election night of 2024, and you're going to hear about uh, uh, Michigan has stopped the counting and, you know, uh, Pennsylvania has stopped the counting and Arizona has stopped the counting and Georgia has stopped the counting. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a feeling of, of great, um, a sense of, of great, um, powerlessness. And this wakes me up in the middle of the night. I, I don't know that I can do anything about it. I can talk about it. But I look at this last election and, um, you know, I talked about it, but it's just like the Republicans are, you know, just placeholders getting paid to show up and lose and, and that they, for some reason, and I I really believe the Republican party is as corrupt as the Democrats in many ways. I don't know. Missy's come up with some stuff. Maybe it'll help me. Maybe it won't. I don't, I don't bet on it. I don't bet it's going to help me, but we'll go ahead and give it a shot. I'm sorry. I have to tell you that I I am underestimating your your power to pull together good stuff. Well, and I I think it's funny because, um, um, nobody, I don't think anybody would be surprised that, um, I'm not a huge fan of the Lexington Herald leader, but you know, yeah, but somehow you end up reading it every now and then. No, because it's, it's an interesting, (laughs) it's, sometimes you have to ask yourself, how in the world do people feel the way they feel, right? So, so reading, uh, you know, a little, you know, trying to stay local here, but reading little Linda Blackford's uh, opinion pieces. Um, and then there's, there was also one from John Larson just recently, and it, both of them coming at completely two different views of what happened in the, the recent, Liz was laughing at me, I'm laughing at the little, little, the little, you know, the five foot nine well, it's tall. It's the little, woman. little yeah. Linda. That's I, I, sorry, I <laughs> had that. It kind of was alliteration. That. that kind of came off. But um, you know, you go back and you try to research any of her opinion pieces, and it really is just the same old. There's, there's no big surprise in anything that she's opining about. No new ideas. No, no new ideas. But what I thought was interesting was is that she 
in taking recently John Larson, who of course was the former judge judge exec back, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he, he got appointed. He never has actually get, gotten elected to it. He got appointed. Appointed, correct. Yeah, and then he couldn't win it in an election. Uh, Don uh, Blevins beat him. So well, he 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 brought up a really interesting. Read the what what was the what was the title of his opinion piece there? You, you've got uh, it. <laughs> I've got the only copy. Yeah, no, you do. As a Kentucky Republican, I'm begging the party to reconsider our ideological dogma. Yes. Okay. And then read Linda Linda Blackbird. After big GOP defeat in Kentucky, grownups admit it's time for exceptions to abortion. Grownups. Yeah. Okay. That's that. That was the piece that I was laughing yeah. about. And then, of course, of course, she, she's the grownup. She, she's gone on, and in the end of her little thing, her little tirade, she says she basically calls anyone who does not support full abortion access an extremist. Right. So, so I apparently would be the extremist, and this this is just this is very fascinating to me because John Larson uh, brought about his whole thing was kind of cautioning conservatives on the bureaucratic empires that have been created over social legislation, and I think that's a fascinating piece that that people miss. We are so our society is so it's all about me. Let me just read that. From John's thing, doesn't it seem obvious to anyone else that when our legislators dip their hands into social legislation, they inevitably create ever-enlarging bureaucratic empires Yes, which never go away. Never go away. With unintended costs. Uh, my, my good friend Tim Yesen uh, was talking today about that – England, the the government of England hired a person to sit on the cliffs of Dover and scan the horizon for hints of Napoleon coming across the French Channel to try to conquer France. So Napoleon, we're talking 1840s in that area. They did not do away with that position. <laughs> Until the early 20th century, like 1910 or something. So somebody he, got to sit on the cliffs yes, of Dover and watch for Napoleon. And watch for Napoleon. Yep. And, and, wow. And, and that is the nature of bureaucracy. And John is absolutely right. And it's very difficult to kill these things. It's like kudzu vine, you know. And, and people are very content to draw a salary to do these placeholder jobs Knowing in their heart of hearts, you're not serving any purpose at all. You're just a drain on our taxpaying dollars, and you're making and you're right. enriching yourself. That's you're, right. You're and I've I've had people sit in this office and talk about how great it is to be in quote government job, and they're encouraging their kids and to do it and stuff, and just to find some department that's hiring to do anything just to get on the payroll. And there's a lot of people probably listening to this show that are in those kinds of jobs. You know, and I, I wonder, what do you feel like you're really doing? I mean, that would be my question, but go ahead. I'm well, sorry. No, no, no. I, we got, the, the, I got this, off on something. But, but, but He's this, right. This is, John's this is, right. John's exactly. right. Exactly. So take away all of the, you know, as I said, people want to, they, they well, let's just put it this way. Democrats, the Democrats effectively 
used one single issue to galvanize support from both sides. And and society responded enthusiastically because we are hyper-structured around choice, bodily, you know, bodily integrity, personal freedom, you know, all those things. Except when it comes to vaccines. Oh, and, and that, I was going to say, and funny, <laughs> funny, 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 how the Put loudest. Put this foreign substance into your body. Funny how the loudest voices screaming for the rights, for, you know, rights to abortion are generally the very same ones that wanted us masked and vast vaccinated for several the last times. three years. And several times. Which, which had me going back and looking at Linda Blackford. What did she have to say those, those few years? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had so much fun. I had so much fun. This was, this was from July 22nd, 2021. Hate mask, like having kids in school, all you have to do is roll up your sleeve, she says. She starts out her little thing 16 months after we entered the fear and confusion of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we are still scared and confused. Honey, you're not writing about me. You're not writing about any of my friends. You're writing about your little group that were scared and confused, not the rest of the world. Then she goes on to say, why wouldn't we do everything we can to avoid you know, having kids, you know, not being in school and then goes on that you need to persuade your family and your friends to go ahead and get vaccinated because it will keep, quote unquote, keep you from getting sick at all. It will keep you from dying even if you get COVID. That's what she says. She goes on and says, if we want to end fear and confusion, just roll up your sleeve. Me? I read that, and I'm like, Linda, 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 Linda. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, Linda, 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 Linda. Honey, honey, honey. You, you've seen that meme, have you? <laughs> that little boy. It's too funny. Okay. Anyway, Linda and and those like her, which there may be people that are listening that think this, and I'm I'm not going to reach them at all. Oh, she still feels that way. But Linda and those like her apparently did not see nine pages of single spate spaced small font list of Pfizer's own adverse effects on their own vaccination. They did not know that 1,200 people died during the trials of Pfizer's initial rollout. Guess that doesn't mean anything to them. And it was available pretty soon after the whole rollout. So saying you didn't know about it meant you weren't looking for those things. And of course, you know, th- that was then. Now, now, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We know that the Pfizer version is contaminated with SV40. This is a big, it's a big deal. The only, the only person that's saying it's not a big deal is the CDC saying, well, nobody died. Crickets, you know, yes, they did. Oh, there's been a lot of people that have died. And there's people that have gotten cancer. And, and, and you're talking about creating bureaucratic red tape. Let me, I'm just going to go. Let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you this. The, the New York Post just. No, I wasn't. They just, this. they just put the, they just put this out because they found it on the, the, the Department of Justice has posted a listing for eight new attorneys to defend the federal government from all the lawsuits that are being brought forward over the vaccinations. Well, let, let me, let me say. So creating here, jobs. Here's what I think. Here, yeah. Creating jobs. Here's what I think. What do you think? I, I th- there, they, there was a thing several years ago 
out there called Journalist, J-O-U-R-N-O-L-I-S-T. It was discovered. It was going out to journalists at newspapers all over the country, basically giving them left-wing talking points for their columns on a local basis. And I believe that something like this either still exists because what I see happening is that in columns of people like Linda and others, you will see something in the news and certain talking points on CNN or MSNBC. And two, three, four days later, we get a column that sometimes will have exactly those same talking points in it. It's as if the you don't have to do much thinking because the mem or the the um, the line of thought has been passed down, and it's like now go do a column on this and use this word because in this same column she talks about Trump and this language using. He called his his opponents vermin, and oh, they're having they're going nuts over that. And and I tell you the the great takedown on that is Vivek Ramaswamy and the CN, so well. the CNN babe, where she she do you think Trump's language calling his opponents vermin is equivalent equivalent to Nazism? Linda used that exact same she language. Did. And it's she like did. She didn't even, she lifted it out. And he goes off, he says, you know, that's a, so stupid that you would use that when we've got all these other things going on. And now, you know, they're so worried about the fact that he's going to create this regime. It's exactly what they want to do. The, the stuff they accuse, it's, it's, it's so tired Go get a real job somewhere where you have to think every day. I you, look at this stuff. You talk about journalism. You, you brought this up, journalism. What, where is the journalism? There's no when, such thing anymore. When they, it was proven. I'm not sure it ever It was really proven that COVID was circulating well in our country long before all of this oh, happened. Yeah. Well, there's the been, late, there's in, been uh, those kind but, of but viruses. This, is, this isn't just that's me that's talking about is. it. It was in on military. There's the military data on ships that was circulating in the late fall of 2019. The national school closings, that they can look at the data, that there were schools closing all over the United it States in late matter. 2019. The, don't confuse them with the facts. The, the whole thing is about Power. But that, that's journalism. It's a, no, but it's, it's breaking that story. Missy, that the early it's spread about, it's was about huge. mind control. It's about controlling the masses to be governed by a totalitarian heavy hand and beating anybody okay. that comes up with other ways of thinking into submission. Okay, I would. I as want, I'm trying to do with you all. No, it's a. Kid. I it's would. Only a joke. I would love. It's I, just a I joke. I would love for Linda and all her ilk to be able to sit down and watch Anthony Fauci in October of 2019 addressing the Millikan Institute Future of Health Summit. 
where he says, and oh, by the way, the, his, where he was speaking, it was called Making Influenza History, The Quest for a Universal Vaccine, where he said, you have to get people to take flu more seriously. This is the question he answered, because he said in, in focus groups, they say, are you scared of cancer? People say yes. Are you scared of HIV? They say yes. Are you scared of the flu? They say no. So how do you make people fear the flu? He said, you create a bigger, badder version in a lab at UNC, by the way. Watching this interchange with him and then New York Times, uh, Michael Spector, who's a writer, and then a couple of teachers from Stanford, they talk about how do you get a bigger, badder flu? How do you get the whole world to take a new approach? Fauci says the most telling answer. He said, you get the federal government involved. Yeah. Yeah, it was telegraphing what was getting ready to happen. That was October of 2019. But see, if you really got into the way Fauci thinks or Linda or any of these totalitarianists, they believe that these deaths, that, that it, they, they believe like Rahm Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. I think it was Rahm Emanuel. It's one of these Obama people. They, they believe anything we can do to to perpetuate mind control is worth it. People die, economies get upset, poverty is spread, it's all good because we're working towards a goal and that is bringing the populace to heal. We gotta jump. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Missy Clifton's sitting in. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, under the radio tab. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. See, these are the cool people. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. You've heard me describe bonds as being timely investments lately. Recently, there have been numerous pieces of economic news which may be pointing to a recession. One of them is that credit card use among consumers has declined. Recessions almost always are accompanied by lower interest rates. Lower interest rates mean generally higher bond prices. At many times in the past, the best time to buy things have been when the outlook is unfavorable. For a no-cost, no-obligation examination of your retirement investment portfolio, call the Pre-Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at DupreeFinancial.com.
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show with our host, Tom Dupree, Missy Clifton sitting in, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay, this is a young lady named Amber Digby, D-I-G-B-Y. She was born in 1980. She looks like she might have been kind of a military child. She lived a lot of different places. But, of course, she, like the one I played earlier, now lives in Nashville. But uh, she seems to have had an interesting musical journey. But she settled back on that old-timey country music sound that seems to be a reaction to all these big hair, big hat, you know, the way country sounds these days. There's a certain element of young people. It's just like young people being drawn back to vinyl records. Some of them, because I was talking to my friend Charles DeWitt, who grew up in Nashville. I went to Swanee with him. And he said, you know, there's no place in Nashville to go and listen to old-time country music anymore. Like you could go to the Ern- down to uh, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge or those kinds of places, which I think are still there. You know, but it's not that um, dun, 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 that kind of old-timey Nashville uh, nightclub country sound. It, it seems like some of these younger people are sort of going back to that rather than this Luke Combs, Luke Bryan, you know, stand that's got a lot. It's the big money sound of an Every single one of those people sounds exactly alike to me. Uh, I don't even listen to it. But somebody like that, that's like going back to a Loretta Lynn, Brenda Lee kind of sound. And so this girl, she's probably made up her mind, you know, there may not be a hell of a lot of money in what I'm doing. Because I heard her song on WSGS in Hazard. Now, they play out-of-the-way country. They play stuff you've never heard of before. And I'm going to tell you one thing I know about Nashville, Tennessee. There are so many people there making so many different kinds of music. There is no way you can know all of them, and they don't know each other. You know, I I learned that in college because I remember we were uh, up at Swanee one time, and this lady came up, and she was a jazz musician. Her name was B.G. Cruiser. 
And she ended up teaching at Belmont or somewhere. Might have been teaching at Vanderbilt at the time. She was pure jazz. But she was from Nashville. You had uh, Mrs. Uh, what was that lady's name? Her husband had a an orchestra in Nashville. It was a jazz band. Everybody thinks, oh, it's all country music. No, it wasn't. It was every kind of music uh, that you could imagine. Francis Craig, the Francis Craig Orchestra. So in my fraternity, we had to go by and meet Mrs. Craig. She worked at the music listening room in the library at Sewanee. She was Francis Craig's widow. She moved up to Swanee because she had friends in Mont Eagle. And her husband had been a Fidel at Vanderbilt. And that was one of the things. It's like joining the country club. You had to go meet X person and Y person to make sure, you know, you had to go by and see Mrs. Craig. She was always at the Christmas tea. And you went over, and she was the lady that if you had to listen to a Shakespeare play or you were in some thing where you had to listen to a Brahms record, she would, yes, Mr. Dupree, you'll be in booth number three. And you'd go over there and sit down and put your earphones on, and she'd play the music. And, you know, it was very nice. I mean, my days of being there, or a wonderful thought. And we would go up to Nashville uh, to this and that because that was the big city you went to. Nobody went to Atlanta. It was gauche. Go to Nashville. And you could still go listen to old-timey country music. Places down on Printer's Alley. It's all gone now. It's all this stuff that Makes people a lot of money, kind of drives the train, but it ain't really what I would think of. Of course, everything has to change, and I get it. Music does involve change. Why am I talking about this? We've got better things to do. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like an anachronism. And you know, you're not getting any farther from being that way yourself. <laughs> Jeez, you just had another birthday. Lord. That's better the than the year goes round. That's right. The year goes round again. <laughs> Always. Right, go ahead. Always. You got better things to say than I do. No, you you gave me a book uh to read and I I'm sorry I have not finished it, but I know you read it, which was um The Creature from Jekyll Island. Do you think I read that whole thing? You had to come on. I know you did. You go ahead and have your little illusion. Surely you did. G. Edward Griffin. I, I topically read it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and just just you, a, a snapshot for the. It's about listener. the creation of the Federal Reserve and, and how it's so based on other things than what you think it's based on. Right. Like you know, creating money out of nothing. Yeah. Right. That's kind of a sort good of thing. Idea. Combo that that it's kind of the it's the uh, combo of the the central banking. Uh, fractional reserve, reserve lending terms, and then you've got, you know, that it's kind of inherently it's fraudulous, the whole, the maybe. Whole, well, I don't know if that's the right word. With, we wrong word? Okay. Use in our business, but fraudulous. There's the word. Fraudulent? But no, that the, it's that it's the creating money out of nothing. 
That's a missing. I was going to say, is that a missing word? That's creating a word. Fraudulent. Cra- fraudulent. No, no, you fraudulous. said fraudulent. Did I say fraudulent? Fraudulent. Fraudulent. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep going. I'm I'm throwing you well, off. It's just that it's basically a house of cards. It it it. Well, the, the summation is basically it's a house of cards to fund wars. What it stimulus. is, it's, it's a transference of wealth from the productive class to the bureaucratic class. It's it's a way inflation takes wealth away from savers and and investors puts it in the pockets of uh government and you know our government is funded by a lot of bonds that they'll never pay back but sometimes those bonds get cheap and we buy them so anyway i can't throw well but but people either love this book or they don't. I mean, but yeah. there's a lot of people that really felt like it was an eye-opening uh, But the next ex- thing you were going to talk about was something well, else. Well, it was that, so this author, G. Edward Griffin, also wrote, and his and this has also got controversy, but he wrote A World Without Cancer in 1974. Okay. And his, that, that book is kind of what I wanted to talk about because you know, if we were if we were suggesting, uh, which we have before on this program, that if the vaccine industry is perhaps corrupt, what do you think about the cancer industry? What am I supposed to think? I'm 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 putty in your hands. Well, okay. The book "World Without Cancer" and this isn't a book review, but basically uh, that there's a whole lot more to, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna preach on it or anything. I mean, I've only read uh, I haven't even read the full the full thing, but that there's a lot more to an apple a day keeps the doctor away than what you think. Um, it has to do with the seeds. At any rate, it's just talking about our diet in today's society is suspect. Things that. Again, we talk about once an industry, what once profit is being made, then it's those, like that bureaucratic position that you can't get rid yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, you can't get rid of it. We're back to that. But once 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 a product is out there and is creating profit, regardless sometimes of of if it's good or bad for you, it kind of there's it becomes. Are you saying that product stays. is cancer? I, no, what I'm saying is is that our food supply, or, talking about the things that we eat, that you know we're looking at um, that. Cancer is the new growth market. That's what I'm suggesting to you. I, I took an no opportunity. No pun intended. No, yeah, no pun intended. That you know, think about this. A lot of people, if you've heard the term turbo cancer, right? Have you heard yeah. the word turbo? Tur- you know, turbo cancer is not a medical term. It's something that we have made up. That's that's a new term of kind of rare of recently, actually, to explain how people are being diagnosed with like stage four cancers and they had nothing before that it's, it's, it's kind and that's of a, outside of the ones that are really, really like ovarian, which has always been hard to detect. Right. Prostate, right. which is always that's hard right. to that's detect. That's right. It's just this, it's this term used to, this turbo cancer is used to describe this phenomena of recent where cancers are being found late stage and, 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 you know, the, the ramp up was, was quick and 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 they were unprepared for it, and I think it's it's interesting because it caused me to. There was a, a writer that I um, that I follow, and there was a challenge put that said, you know, start googling new cancer centers. Holy smokes, guys! You cannot imagine the new cancer centers that are opening all over America, 
And I, all I had was the debt pages and pages from October 2023 to, to now. To, you know, we're talking about mid-November. We're talking about um, uh, young adults. N- new UNC, New Cancer Center for Young Adults opens at UNC. See it first. Sneak peek at New Cancer Center in you know Broward County. Northwestern aims to improve access to cancer care. I mean, over and over and over again. It's like cancer is the new growth market. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine. Okay, so what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is, is that we're see- we are seeing we're seeing the effects of decisions and things that that our government has made that we have made in a, as a society to support. Whether it's you know, I mean, it's our our eating. You know, again, it's like back. I, I remember back long ago when I was in uh, the first part of my career in marketing. I worked for a advertising agency. And my job was to figure out why some chocolate chip cookies sold better than other chocolate chip cookies. And so in this, this is long before the internet. Um, this is in the you know, early nineties. I had to, I had to, I had to hire people to, because you know, they did business all across the company that I was working for did business all across the country. They sold their goods all across the country. So I had to buy chocolate. I had to go, I had to find people to buy me chocolate chip cookies from all over the country and send them to me so that I could see what they look like. And it's amazing. You know, the, we're talking about, you know, these, this is the type of food that is obviously it's not fresh. This is, you know, prepackaged with preservatives. You know, this is, this is kind of our diet these days and there's a lot of money in it. Well, I mean, I'm in good for you, but think about that. I I am being paid a lot of money to analyze the chocolate chip cookies for this company. That doesn't, I can't imagine that you were eating all of them. No, I'm not. But here's the point. I had to, I I created storyboards with the size, the size of the chocolate chips, whether they were. All right. So where are you going with that in relationship to cancer? What what are you back Back to the thing. Once, what's an, once an industry is got profit built around it. There is no incentive to get rid of it. Cancer You're is a about, profit business. Okay, so Our are food you saying supply. it's being caused by crappy food supplies, crappy by vaccines? Crappy foods, by vaccines, by, by... What about, let me ask you this. That, that's the suggestion what, what, of this what, book. What do you think in terms of cancer as a thing where the body is responding let's just say to negative thoughts i mean in other words there's a part of the immune system that begins to shut down because somebody becomes negative towards life or something do you think there's an element or do you think it's purely environmental it's purely food it's purely uh, toxins in the environment it's purely or is it genetic could also be genetic could be genes well, when fed by a bad diet, well, respond poorly. There, but do you think there's also uh, a thought component added to it also? Kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Is some that of kind it, of what yeah, you're talking about? Some of it. You know, I, I I don't think that you can discount that for sure. But, you know, I was, I was reading a comment. Of, I mean, I've known of people that smoke cigarettes up into their 80s. Right. And they died of something else. Right. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you what. If I didn't think it was bad for me, mm-hmm. I'd have a Marlboro going right now. I'd be blowing smoke right at you. I mean, I love Marlboros, and I love Marlboros Reds, 
and I haven't had one in 20 plus years. I would smoke a pack this afternoon if I thought, and you would too. No, I, mean, I was yeah, a smoker. No, yeah. It, it kind of makes yeah, me sick now. You, well, well, okay, you'd get over that. I bet you smoked those Marlboro Lights, didn't you? No, I did not like Mar- Marlboro Lights. What did you smoke, Merritt's? Benson and Hedges. Oh, God. Now that <laughs> makes me sick. Lord. It was brief, though. I it wouldn't was, have it admitted was a brief, it. Yeah. It was a, it was no, a I can brief. understand why it was brief. It was brief. But, yeah, okay, so r- reading back to this, uh, this, this book, World Without Cancer, um, I love this one guy's review. He says, we live in a complex world, but how complex really is it? Um, most problems can be cured with a simple answer. Is cancer an overcomplicated disease introduced to the human population that can be solved by more simple instructions, or is it simply a business? I think there, you know. Is it true that cancer is produced more likely in an acidic body? I think there, I think that that's true with a lot of disease. I've heard that. Yeah, and if alkaline water is supposed to be just like a baseline change you can make to take the acidic nature out of the body, which eliminates inflammation and more disease well and you know i guess we need to we need and to say as basic as we are gets. not doctors and no. do, nor do we no. no nor do we play one on tv but the uh, best the doctor radio. is yourself I, I have found that out my experience with the medical and i love my doctors don't get me wrong i am my best doctor i, I know when i need to do you're something. your best advocate for your own body yeah, and i'm a i'm the best advocate for my own health but I, I just think that I'm, I'm curious about proving or disproving the, um, the kind of the vitamin theory of cancer and that, you know, many times, you know, your body, you know, your body's ability to take care of itself is usually rather remarkable. And Couldn't that, agree. you know, um, they, they, they talk about in, in the book, they actually talk about, um, uh, you know, animals that were, you know, in a hunt that, you know, or, or were being dissected and you're not finding cancer in animals. Because their diets I aren't. I two dogs that died of it. No. That could have to do with the dog food I was feeding them. Who knows, know. right? Who knows? But Or even the grass you're running them in, if it's treated with pesticides. Absolutely. I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of things. But it, I, I don't, it doesn't come into my calculus these days because I've survived some things that I felt were even worse than cancer, uh, health scares that went to the core of my being and I came through it. And so I don't sit around thinking about it. I know that a lot of people do, but I, I, I spent some time obsessing about certain elements of my health and I realized the way to get rid of them was to quit obsessing about them. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's like sleep, for instance, when I couldn't sleep, sleep is golden. Well, you know, you, you I, read the book, why we sleep. The I think problem that's, is, that's is sleep. If it's like a girlfriend, if you pursue her too much, she'll go away from you. You have <laughs> talk to talk about sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. It's like anything else. You know, you pursue it to, you know, if some guy gets obsessed about you, you just go like this. And then he acts like he doesn't care, and now you're interested. No, the point is, and I, it's that so way. So where for, are you going with that? The point is, if you obsess over it too much, it becomes an obsession. And you can't sleep. I don't obsess about my health. I know I'm imperfect. You are too. 
we're not going to make it out of this alive. Something's going to get us. Absolutely. You, you know, that's right. And, and so anyway, so I get to pick and choose my, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want to obsess. That's about. right. That's right. I obsess about try to good things, you know, whatever. Dog. Like like making the portfolio better for the company and the clients. Oh, here she goes with something her ad. like that. Got to get an it's ad it's time to get on out of here for this hour. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Missy Clifton sitting in. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website dupreefinancial.com under the radio tab. Also, if you'd like to come see us and hear exactly what we are studying about in the investment, the stock market specifically or bonds. Call us, 859-233-0400. We'd love to give you a free portfolio review. We'll be back in just a few minutes with our financial hour. Stay tuned. Broken heart will have to face it. Try to hold.